said, shut the f*** up, I'm trying to record. <laughs> All right. This is Milana Jamee Jackson, and you're listening to Duster Radio Network. Hey, this is Tony Valley. Check out all the other shows on Jester Radio Network, but for right now, enjoy Red Card Tackle with Oscar Carvajal. What's up, everyone? This is Red Card Tackle. It's Oscar Carvajal with episode 7. The week of April 30 and the 1962 World Cup, man. Today we're going to talk about the Champions League. We got the return games tomorrow and Wednesday. We're going to talk about that. Also, Spain has a new champion. We saw it this weekend. And we're going to get into the Liguilla of the Mexican soccer. It starts this week, too. The last games were, were this past weekend. We're going to get into that. And then at the end, we're going to talk about the 1962 World Cup in Chile. We'll talk about those things and much more, so stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, this is Tony Valley. And I'm David Gaffrey. And we host a podcast called Jacking Off with Tony Valley, where every week we interview poker players and game runners about the ins and outs of the underground world of poker. And we discuss strategy, philosophy, and other topics. You can listen to us on the Jester Radio Network every Thursday at 9 a.m. at jackkingoff.com, or you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. All right, everyone, welcome back. It's Oscar Carvajal with Red Card Tackle, Episode 7, Week of April 30, and the 1962 World Cup, man. All right, man, we're going to get started with the Champions League because... um. We had a couple games last week, and we got a couple games tomorrow and the day after. Um, the first game, it was last week on Tuesday. It was um, Liverpool versus Roma. Let's talk a little bit about that game. Um, I had predicted that Liverpool was going to win that game since they were playing in Liverpool. And, yeah, I mean, it was a um, definite uh, Liverpool dominated Roma. Roma is a team that has nothing to do in this Champions League semifinals. They, uh, they got lucky, and they beat Barcelona one game, and they're in there. But... Liverpool just dominated. Um, Mohamed Salah is playing in a great level. He scored the uh, first two goals of the game. Um, super, he has a lot of speed. So um, a lot of the defenders were trying to go back when they were defending him. But instead, he just took a couple of shots and he made both of them. Uh, then uh, it was 2-0 halftime. Roma didn't really make any changes uh, in the second half. Um, that third goal, it was a pass from Mohamed Salah to... Uh, Firmino from Brazil, and he was offside. Mohamed Salah was offside. He was offside. I just saw the replay, and he was offside. But at that point, I mean, it didn't really matter, I guess. Um, nobody really noticed till like, later on. They passed to Firmino, and Firmino made another goal. It was 4-0. Cane made the last one, 5-0. So Liverpool looked 5-0. They looked like they were smashing through the defense of Roma, right? It looked like so easy. Mohamed Salah got substituted, and then in the last 10 minutes... Roma came back and scored two goals, you know, one by Sheko and one by Perotti, Argentinian do a penalty, and, you know, good goals, good goals. You know, Sheko has been playing an excellent Champions League, and, yeah, so Roma came back two goals. Technically, it's similar to the situation they had against Barcelona because they're down by three goals, but I don't think Roma's going to pull it off this time. So, the that return game is on Wednesday. And I don't see Roma winning again by 3-0. I 
I don't see them winning again. I think Liverpool's pretty much in the next round already. Uh, Roma this, did a really good job. They made it farther than anybody ever thought. But it looked like Liverpool is in the next round. And Mohamed Salah, everybody's talking about him, man. Everybody's talking about him. He might go with Real Madrid next year. He might not. But definitely everybody's going to want him next year. Um, who knows, man? He wants to go to Real Madrid too. They, um, the mayor of his town in Egypt told him that he should play for Real Madrid. And he said, if God wants it, I'll go. So, Mohamed Salah is ready to go to Real Madrid. Who knows? But for now, it looks like Liverpool is going to be in the final. And then the other game was um, Real Madrid against Bayern Munich. Now, this game was a more... This is the toughest series, I think, for Real Madrid in the whole Champions League. Uh, well, in the players of the Champions League because they had a couple hard games against Tottenham in the first round. But it was the group stage. So, but I think... um. Bayern Munich, I think, played a little better than Real Madrid, but Real Madrid never looked like they lost control of the game in the first game. That was Wednesday. I feel like, um, like Bayern Munich was affected by the injuries. I feel like their whole plan was to have Ribery on one side and Robin on one side and then James through the middle, Lewandowski on top. And then what happens? Robin gets injured in minute number eight. So he only plays for eight minutes and he has to go out. Plus add, add that to the fact that Alaba and, um, and the Chilean, what's his name? Vidal. They, they were already injured before the game started. So that, this is the third injury, but that, but of starters, because Vidal and Alaba were starters. So this is three starters that are injured by eight minutes of the game. And then in minute 30 something, Boateng gets injured. Another starter. That's four. That's Bayern Munich loses four starters. In the first half an hour of the game against Real Madrid, and they're not neither of all four of them are not going to play tomorrow. So that's a big advantage for Real Madrid, right? It's, it's a big advantage for Real Madrid. I think Bayern Munich had a good game. Kimmich scored a good goal. A lot of people want to blame Keylor Navas for that goal. I don't think he could have stopped it either way, but it does look bad that he does go the opposite way first. I think I don't think he could have stopped it though. But Kimmich scored a goal. And then Marcelo scores a really good goal. Right when Bayern Munich looked like they were dominating the game, that they had the game under them, Marcelo scores a badass goal, puts it 1-1 again. And then the second half, I think Bayern Munich still played a little better. Ramadil was playing good, though. And then Asensio, who is, I think, my favorite player for Real Madrid this season. Asensio scores the 2-1 and gives Real Madrid the lead. And um, I wouldn't, like, it's still hard. I mean, Real Madrid are the favorites to win the whole thing. Real Madrid are the favorites to make it to the next round. But I'm not a... Like, I'm saying Liverpool's already in the final. I'm not willing to say that about Real Madrid yet. I still think Bayern Munich still has a fight in them. James is coming back to Santiago Bernabeu. James want to win. You know, I don't know. Um, Bayern Munich is a good team. They're better than PSG. They're better than Juventus, in my opinion. So they're going to give Real Madrid a run for their money. I still think Real Madrid is going to pass... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't really play that good in the first game, so I think he's going to play good this game. Um, we're going to see what happens. But, yeah, so, yeah, so, so far, yeah. Um, so, Bayern Munich has four players out. Um, Real Madrid has Carvajal out, uh, who I call my cousin. He's not my cousin, but he has my last name, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I think Nacho's probably play that. Lucas Vasquez could play that. I don't know. And then... East Coast also out, so anybody could play up there, you know, nobody knows who's going to play, Benzema can play, Gareth Bale can play, Asensio can play, 
there's a bunch of players that can play that position. I like Asensio, but maybe um 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 Zidane likes more um Benzema because he's French. Bale hasn't really been playing. I don't know. So we're going to see tomorrow who does Zidane decide to start with. But it's going to be a good game. I don't know what the game's going to look like. But I do think that Real Madrid is going to make it through to the next round. And the final will be Liverpool versus Real Madrid. That's what I think the final for the Champions League is going to be. I can't wait to watch both games. So go ahead, watch them. This is the best club tournament in the world right now. Uh, all right. Now let's um let's talk about... The other European, the European leagues um, that ended this this week. Uh, you know, previous weeks we had Bayern Munich win in Germany. We had Manchester City win in England. We had PSB win in the Netherlands, and we had um, who was who, who was one? Um, I don't forget anyone. PSG, in, oh PSG in France, I think PSG in France, PSB in the Netherlands. Manchester City in England and Bayern Munich in Germany. This week, it was a finally made official. I mean, I don't think anybody had any doubts since December that Barcelona was going to win. Barcelona beat um, Deportivo La Coruña 4-2, and they, they're now champions of the league in Spain, which is good for Barcelona. They won two tournaments this year. They won um, the Copa del Rey, and now they won the league. So, yeah, so that's good for Barcelona. They were actually, Coutinho scored the first goal, then 1-0. Messi scored the second goal, good pass from Suarez. The Coruña tied up, it was 2-2 with 10 minutes left. Messi scored two more goals, and Barcelona's now champion. So, yeah, so Iniesta gets to leave the team with two championships. Messi actually scored this goal, which was his 32nd goal of the was his 32nd goal of the season in Spain. So he is now in first place for the Golden Boot, beating Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah has 31 goals. So he's only beating Mohamed Salah by one goal. So that's going to be the, what you would call it, the competition right now. So a lot of, like, Argentinians wanted Messi to, down to their champions, they wanted Messi to, like, rest and not play that much in the next few games. But I'm sure Messi's going to want to win this tournament, so this this not tournament, this price. So yeah, so Messi has thirty two goals, Salah has thirty one. This competition. The next one is Immobile in third place with twenty nine. Harry Kane is in fourth place with twenty seven. Lewandowski is in fifth with twenty six. You if you want to keep going the list, it's next is Icardi with twenty six, Cavani with twenty five, Jonas with thirty three, Cristiano with twenty four, Luis Suarez with twenty three, Sergio Aguero with twenty one, Dybala with twenty one, Neymar is in thirteenth place with twenty. And um and yeah, Gomez is um uh, 14 plays with 26, and Griezmann has 19 goals. But the main two is Messi and Salah, 32 and 31. I guess Immobile, who plays for the Lazio in um in Italy, I guess he kind of compete because he has 29. But there's only three games left, so I think it'll be Messi and Salah. So the thing is that two things. First. Barcelona is the winner already. So they're winners. So they're going to play Real Madrid this weekend. They're going to play Real Madrid this weekend. So a lot of people in Uruguay for Luis Suarez, in Brazil for Coutinho, in Argentina for Messi, they were hoping that this last game against Real Madrid would be the last game. And then the next two games after that, which is how many games are left in the Spanish league, they wouldn't have to play anymore. Or there are three games left after that for the, for Barcelona because I think they have one game that they have to make up. So, but 
So there's, there's a lot of them are not going to play, but I don't know about Messi. I think Messi's still going to play because he wants to win the Golden Boot. And another thing, another controversy between the between Real Madrid and Barcelona is that the guard of honor is called. I just found out today. I called the Pasillo last week, which is when the team gets out and then the other team surrounds it and claps for them because they're champions. Real Madrid said they're not going to do it. They don't want to do it. As a, I don't know why. You know, it's a. I mean, after all, it's just a it's a sport competition. You know, it 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 doesn't look bad to congratulate the team that won the championship. That's that that was one controversy. The other controversy was that Sergio Ramos today came out and he said that the Champions League is more important than winning the league and the cup in Spain. And I agree with Sergio Ramos. I agree with Sergio Ramos. I mean, don't get me wrong. Winning the cup and the league is still really good for Barcelona. They had a great season. But I think the Champions League at this point is more important just because of the amount of teams that they have to play. Like Especially Real Madrid had to play PSG, Tottenham. They had to play Bayern Munich. They had to play Juventus. And they make it to final. They have to play Liverpool. So, you know, that's easier than playing Leganes, than playing Las Palmas, than playing Girona, than playing Deportivo La Coruña. So I do think the Champions League is worth more than those two titles that Barcelona has. But... I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from Barcelona. They they still had a good season, and I'm you know they won two tournaments, and Real Madrid still hasn't won anything yet. So technically, Barcelona still had a better season. But if Real Madrid wins the Champions League, I think Real Madrid would have had a better season. That's just my opinion in that. And so that, that's the Spanish league. That's the Spanish league. It's over already. Still three games left. Two three games left. Some teams have three games, some teams have four games. So, yeah, so it's it'll be done, like, in the next three, four weeks. But there's no more point to it other than, like, the... Because the Champions League teams are already set. Barcelona, Atlético Madrid, Real Madrid, and Valencia. You know, it was, um, relegation teams are set. Las Palmas is relegated. Deportivo La Coruña is relegated. Malaga is relegated. I think the only thing they're fighting for now is probably um, that last... Um, was it the was that other tournament called the Europa League? I think um Real Betis and Villarreal look like they qualified already, and then Getafe and Sevilla are fighting for that last spot. So that's the only thing that's really gonna happen in the next few weeks in Spain. That's it. Um, as far as the Mexican players go, uh, La Real Sociedad um played and they they won. They beat um. Let me check this real quick. They beat Atletico Bilbao. Hector Moreno was not even in the bench. I don't know if he's injured. I try to I try to look up if he's injured or not. Nothing was saying that he was injured, but I don't know. Atle- Hector Moreno moved there from La Roma because he wanted to get more playing time, and he was not even in the bench. So I don't know what happened. Levante beat Sevilla though, and um, Miguel Ayun came off the bench. So at least Miguel Ayun's playing a little bit and I saw I saw him the other day like I said last week in the Copa del Rey final he played really good so at least Miguel Ayun is getting some playing time Hector Moreno's not getting any playing time this weekend for some reason and well yeah that's the Spanish league and now let's check out the one other league and well there's two more leagues in Europe that still haven't don't have a champion the Italian league so I'm gonna give you some of the scores of some of the important teams in Italian Roma beat Chievo 4-1 the important game was Juventus Inter Milan because Juventus was is the first place. Juventus beat Inter Milan 3-2. And then Napoli was supposed to Napoli was down by one point. So Napoli 
was still fighting to stay there, and they lost 3-0 against Fiorentina. So I think this is it for Napoli. You know, they made a comeback. They beat Juventus. They were within one point, but they lost 3-0 against Fiorentina. Fiorentina, um, the three goals were scored by the son of Diego Simeone. I think his name is Giovanni Simeone. The young dude is like 22-23. He scored all three goals and basically took Napoli away from having a chance to win the championship. Milan beat Bologna also, and... um. And the table, so there's three games left, but Juventus is up by four points now. So I it looks very difficult. We're, I think this game is going to be deciding this next one. We're going to see Juventus is 88 points, and Napoli has 84 points. So it's four points different. Roma is in third place, by the way, with 70. Inter is in fifth place. Milan is in seventh. And yeah, that so that's what's happening over there. Fiorentina, who beat Napoli, is in ninth. So, like, they didn't even get beat by that much of a strong team, but it looks like Juventus is going to take that title. And the other league in Europe that still has, is still competing, it's almost over now, though, is uh, was the Portuguese league because they were, I think they were, like, a, like, like two points away from each other. And this time Porto won. They beat Maritimo 1-0. And Benefica lost. So, I think with this, mathematically, Benefica still has a chance but I think this is it something called Tondela beat Benefica and now is in first place is Porto with 82 and Benefica in second with 77 now they're tied with Sporting Lisboa third and 77 but there's only two games left in that league so with a, I think with a tie or with a win the next week Porto is going to be champions and speaking of Porto the Mexican players um, Hector Herrera was the only one that played the 90 minutes uh, Tecatito Corona came in and bench and Diego Reyes was in the bench but he didn't play at all so Diego Reyes is not playing he hasn't been playing almost all season man and Tecatito's been coming on the bench Hector Herrera's the only one regularly playing in Porto team and for Benefica Raul Jimenez started again and he played all 90 minutes every time they start Raul Jimenez always loses man. I mean Every time Raul Jimenez starts, Benefica always loses. I don't know why he has bad luck, man. But I'm glad he's playing. I mean, I don't really care about Benefica that much. But I'm glad he's playing 90 minutes. So Raul Jimenez is going to come in in good shape for the World Cup. So that's the Portuguese league. And all the other leagues are already done. So like, it's not even worth it giving you any score. The only thing I would say is um, there's one game left in the Netherlands. And um, it's, um, PSB is playing Groningen on Sunday. So, um, Groningen is where the other Mexican plays. His name is... Michael Antuna, uh, Miguel Antuna, I think his name is uh, Michael. I'm motherfucking out here. Uriel, his name is Ariel Antuna, by the way. Uriel Antuna, I don't know how, where I got Michael from. Uriel Antuna, and I don't know. I, I heard he's not playing, though. That he's not really playing, so he might not even play. He was in the national team in November in the friendly games, but he didn't play there either. And PSB is the only interesting thing about that is that Jimmy Lozano's in second place for a goal scorer. He's one goal behind some dude's name that I can't even read. His name is. Ali Reza Jahanbakash from AC Alkmaar. He has 18 goals. Irwin Lozano has 17 goals. Tied with some dude named Jorn Johnson with 17 goals. So Irwin Lozano still has a chance to be the goal scorer of the league, even though he's a midfielder and he's not a, he's not a forward. So that's good. And yeah, and now uh, yeah, now let's move to North America now. Uh, let's talk about. The final, uh, Chivas versus Toronto FC that went on last Wednesday. I saw this whole game. Um, 
all the goals came in the first half. I think um, Chivas started playing good. You know, Chivas. I mean, it was a pretty even game. It was a first. Uh, I want to say the all ninety minutes were pretty even. So if I say this team played better or that team played better, it was only by a little bit at those certain times. I think the first twenty minutes Chivas playing better only by a little bit. You know, they didn't really look like they. I think that was Chivas' best time, and maybe they deserve an earlier goal, but they got one when um, Pizarro, who sacrificed and stole the ball in midfield, he took it, he took it, he took it, and then gave the pass. I, I said it in my in my Instagram story. The most obvious pass to Orbelin Pineda, and Pineda scored the goal. It was a nice through ball. It was a nice hustle by Pizarro. And at that point, it looked like Chivas had had everything won already. It looked like she was had everything won. It was 1-0. It was um the the score was 3-1 in the aggregate. It looked like Toronto was gonna win. But then Toronto started playing a little better. Toronto started playing a little better. Um and there was this one play where Chivas just couldn't get the ball out. It was like a corner kick. Like a couple corner kicks. Like they couldn't just they just couldn't get the ball out of their out of their zone, out of their area. And then one of the um Toronto players did a really good play, put it in the middle, and Altidore scored, and it was a it was a good goal, and it was one one. From there, I think Toronto was playing a little better. It looked like Michael Perez was guarding Jobinko really good throughout that first half. Even like Jobinko looked like he was getting desperate. Even hit Michael Perez in a couple occasions, and Jobinko got the yellow card. And it looked like Michael Jovinko was out of the game, and then right away, like a minute later, he comes back with a play where he does a great play. And scores a goal. So that put the aggregate score 3-3 and everything was tied. And it was right before halftime. So that was halftime. So I felt like like Toronto played a better... Toronto played a better first half than Chivas. So Chivas had to come back. And the second half, I think Chivas played a little better. I think um, Chivas deserved to win during the second half. They played like the first... I want to say the first... 35 minutes, Chivas played better than Toronto. The first 35 of the second half, by the way. So I think Chivas deserved to win. They just couldn't get the goal in. They couldn't get a goal in. They couldn't get a goal in. And then the last 10 minutes, it's not that Toronto played better, but Chivas went forward so much that Toronto had two easy opportunities that could have easily went in. A good forward would have made those and Chivas would have lost, but Destiny had it differently. And... Toronto missed those opportunities and they went straight to penalties where I don't like penalties because I don't think penalties really proves who played better during the game. All the penalties does is um who, you know, who misses less penalties, you know. And but I think Chivas deserved to win, so I'm glad that Chivas won in penalties. Michael Bradley missed that fourth penalty and Chivas is champions and now Chivas is going to the FIFA Club World Cup in in in, in December. Representing CONCACAF And They did it with a whole team of nothing but Mexican players So that's good You know, All their whole play, all their players are Mexicans So that that's something that hasn't been done In, in the last year In the last 10-12 years in, for, Since the World FIFA World Club World Cup Club World Cup started That's fucking uh, Tongue twister and shit Anyways So the FIFA Club World Cup started There you go so yeah, so good for Chivas. Um, there's a lot of rumors about Chivas now. Um, since they won today, Alanis flew to Madrid to sign with Getafe. Um, he passed the medical, but they they still haven't signed the contract. But 
all points out that Alanis is leaving to Getafe starting next season. Getafe wants to sign him before the World Cup because he they don't want him to have a, a good World Cup and then go to a different team. So Getafe wants to sign him now. Um... Matias Almeida said that if he leaves, he wants Carlos Salcedo to come back from Germany. I don't know if Carlos Salcedo is going to want to come back from Germany, but um, but he's still Chivas property. So he said that if Alanis leaves, he wants Carlos Salcedo to come back. They're also looking to buy... Um, who are they looking to buy? Who, who are they looking to buy? Um, What's his name? What's his name? El Patrullero. I forgot his name right now. It's K.O. Elias Hernandez. That There you go. That, that's what I heard. They're looking to buy El Patrullero because um, they don't really like Brizuela that much anymore. So they want to like bench when they think El Patrullero is going to play better. So that's who she was looking to buy. But everything could change because there's rumors going around that Matias Almeida is one of the main candidates for the Mexican national team once the World Cup is over. Osorio does not want the team after the World Cup is over. I don't know. I think there's a bad sign because it says that Osorio's scared that Osorio knows he's going to do a bad World Cup. So he's like, I don't want the World Cup. Any- I don't want the team anymore after the World Cup. So Matias Almeida is one of the main candidates. So whoever, if Matias Almeida, let's say, grabs a national team, then whoever the next coach is will be the one that will be the one that decides what kind of reforzos they get and stuff like that. Or ha- will have a say in it. Maybe not the one that decides, but he will have a say in it. But And there's also rumors that if Mohamed doesn't win this championship, that they're going to fire Mohamed from Monterrey and then Matias Almeida is also the number one candidate over there. So they also are trying to see if Caicinha doesn't make it to the, to the Liguilla next, next tournament. He might go for Cruz Azul. So, Matias Almeida, people want him. He's, I mean, he had a very bad year, not just this season. The last two seasons, the last year in Chivas, after the championship, they've done very poorly the last two seasons. The 2017 Apertura and 2018 Clausura. But he's won titles. He's won two Copas, two Copas de Mexico. He's won the league once, and he's won now the CONCACAF Champions League. So, he's proven to win cups. Hasn't proven that good in the league in the last year, but... We'll see. We'll see what the future holds for Matias Almeida. And now let's get into the league, into the Mexican league, because this um, past weekend was the Jornada 17, the last one. So let's start first with the first game, which is the one that my team played against Morelia. Necaxa needed to win. And Necaxa played way better than Morelia. I want to start by saying that I'm proud of what Necaxa did. Carlos Gonzalez scored two really nice goals. Carlos Gonzalez is a phenomenal player. He's Nobody talks about him because he plays for Necaxa, but he's an underrated player. He's a phenomenal player. He scored two goals. The problem with Necaxa is that both times they scored goals, they got cocky and they did it, you know, and Morelia scored the goals like right after. So Necaxa scored the first goal minute 19. Morelia tied it a minute 20, you know, like Necaxa needs to get their head back in the game. And then Necaxa scored a second goal a minute 81, and Morelia scored a second goal a minute 83, you know. So it was Necaxa's bad. Uh, they didn't qualify. Necaxa's eliminated. Morelia qualified to eighth place with that. Um, I'm really proud of Necaxa this season. They had a good season. We won the cup this season, so I'm proud of that. I think Necaxa has a really good squad. They should be in the Liguilla, but they weren't. They fucked up. There's a couple of games in the season where we should have won that we didn't, and 
We might need. I mean, I think it's a really good team. I think if Necaxa keeps this team and adds like two more good players, Necaxa will be like the third, fourth best team in Mexico next season, man. I that's what I think. They have a really good team. Um, they have a really good forward in Carlos Gonzalez. Maybe get another forward to help him. Maybe get somebody in the. By the way, that fucking first goal that that Morelia made, it was a penalty that they made that did not, I mean, this dude barely even touched them and the Morelia forward threw himself, you know, but sometimes they call those kind of penalties, man, but Necaxa, yeah, Necaxa maybe a central defender, central midfielder, and another forward, and we will have a really good team for next season. I'm proud of Necaxa won the cup. We'll be back next season. Nacho Ambriz, I I don't like people firing coaches like just like that. I'm not big into firing coaches. He should definitely stay, even though he didn't qualify for any of the Liguillas in both tournaments that he's been. We've made it to the last game, the uh, Jornada 17, with possibilities. So I think um, Nacho Ambriz should definitely should stay another year or two years with Necaxa. I think he's a really good coach. So that's what happened with Necaxa. Tijuana, who... Uh, were said that they might have not even played on Friday because apparently the owners of the team owes them like two weeks of pay or something like that. Um, but they did play, and Toluca put a lot of bench players in because they were first place, so they didn't really care, and Tijuana won 1-0. So Tijuana made it to a Liguilla, playing against a bench team from Toluca. Good for Tijuana during the Liguilla. Um, Lobos Wap. Versus Puebla, Lobos Wap, the horrible season again. Two horrible seasons for Lobos Wap. Puebla beat them 1-0. And we'll, we'll talk about Lobos Wap right now. For real, I forgot to give up my first yellow card, which my yellow card was to Napoli for losing 3-0 and letting the Italian league go, right? Um, so Lobos Wap, we're going to talk about that a little bit right now. Puebla 1-1-0, make it to the next round. Tigres and Monterrey, el clásico... Regiomontano, they, uh, they tied 2-2. Both teams already knew they were in the Liguilla. Um... You know, it was um, a lot of fouls, a hard game, 2-2. Um, both teams are the top two contenders to win the title, so they're both in the next round. Pachuca, Atlas 0-0. Um, Pachuca needed to win to make it to the Liguilla. Atlas was the last game with Rafa Marquez, and Atlas improved the last few weeks, and it was 0-0. Pachuca couldn't, Pachuca couldn't win. America, Santos Lagunas. America beat Santos 1-0. Good for America. I mean, America was having better. They're having bad results these last few weeks. So I think this gives them a little confidence. They won 1-0. America's in the Liguilla. Chivas against Leon. Leon won um, 2-0. I mean, Chivas is not really... They were really care, I guess. They put in a alternative team also. Chivas was more concerned about their win. And we'll see what they can do next season. And Leon 2-0. Doesn't really matter. Leon didn't qualify for the Liguilla either. Um, Pumas Querétaro... Um, Pumas needed a tie to qualify to the Liguilla, and they tied. So Pumas qualified to the Liguilla, they tied Querétaro. Querétaro, um, I mean, Querétaro was really at the beginning fighting to not go to the lower division. So Querétaro had a decent season. But Cruz Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul ends with a, Cruz Azul ends with a victory, right? Uh, the season, not bad. So let me give you the how they ended the season. Toluca in first place with 36. America in second with 29, Monterrey in third with 29, Santos in fourth with 29, Tigres in fifth with 28, Tijuana in sixth with 25, Pumas in seventh with 24, Morelia in eighth with 24, Pachuca in ninth with 23, Puebla in tenth with 23, Necaxa in eleventh with 22, Cruz Azul in twelfth with 22, 
Pum, no, my Leon in 13 with 22, Querétaro in 14 with 18, Atlas in 15 with 18, Veracruz in 16 with 18, Guadalajara in 17 with 15, and Lobos WAP is um ninth place with, I mean, 18th place with nine points. Horrible season for Lobos WAP. So let we'll talk about Lobos WAP right now, but let's get into the Liguilla games first. Um. The, probably maybe the most interesting one because of their rivalry, because they're both in Mexico City, because they both are, I think, America's either the first or second most popular team in Mexico, and Pumas is like the third or fourth most popular team in Mexico. So it's going to be in Pumas, America. Um, the second place against the seventh place. I uh, They're going to play Wednesday in Ciudad Universitaria, and then they're going to play Saturday in Estadio Azteca. So I think... Um, it's going to be a good series. This is probably the most, um, the hardest series to predict the winner because just because of how America has a better team than Pumas. Let's start with that. America has a better team than Pumas, but America hasn't really been, been really convincing. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they haven't been really convinced me that they can win this title. They look decent at the beginning of the season. So did Pumas, by the way. But the last few games, like, They've shown vulnerabilities. They've shown weaknesses. And Pumas, I think, has the second best player in the league, which is Nico Castillo. They also have um, Matias Alustiza, who's really good. So the Pumas' forwards are good. And then on the Barreras, also recuperating some type of level. I think it's going to be a good series. I'm going to go with that. If I had to choose one, I think America's going through. But this is the hardest one to call. I think Pumas is going to give them a hard fight and... It's going to be good, but I think America's going to go through. The other game Wednesday and Saturday is Tijuana against Monterrey. I think Monterrey, I, I'm going to pick right now Monterrey as my favorite to win this tournament. Um, Monterrey, I think, is going to defeat Tijuana. Tijuana is made it. Tijuana made it to this round, which is really good for Tijuana. I mean, they're, uh, their players are, pay, are playing without getting paid and stuff like that. And... This is already a good season for Tijuana making it to a Liguilla. Monterrey is going to take care of it from here. I think Monterrey is going to make it in the next round. That's my prediction. So Pumas Monterrey so far. Then the Thursday games and Sunday games is going to be Tigres Santos. I think Tigres is a huge favorite. Tigres and Monterrey are my favorites. I, I'm choosing Monterrey this season now just because they haven't won in a while. But Tigres and Monterrey are right there. Two favorites. Tigres knows how to play Liguillas. They got the best player in the league, which is Gampier Guignac. So I think Tigres is going to pass against Santos. And then Morelia Toluca. Uh, Morelia, another two seasons in a row that they make it to the playoffs. Um, I mean, Morelia, it's, this is a team that last season was about to go down. No coach wanted to coach him because they were going to go down. This dude named Roberto Hernandez grabbed them. He believed in them. He's kept them in the division. And then he's qualified them to two different liguillas and two different seasons, a straight seasons, two straight liguillas. So good for Morelia. But they're not going to make it past this round, I don't think. Um... If they play, I mean, the Cags will play better than them. On Saturday, I think the Cags are the better team. Toluca, first place, they should be able to get past this round. We'll see who they play in the semifinals. But Toluca should be able to get past this round. So those are my picks. Pumas, Monterrey, Tigres, and Toluca to make it past this round. Now, um, let, let, I want to talk about um, Lobos Wap. Because so this was going on in um, uh, the sense of the sense of relegation promotion, it's called in English. Um, so Lobos Wap 
it's going it's supposed to go down because they were in last place in the percentage right they were in last place so they were supposed to go down but what happens is that in the second division in mexico there's only six teams that are certified to play in the first division so what do you need to play in the first division Teams need to have a stadium, like a good stadium with a certain amount of capacity. I'm not sure what the number is of capacity. They have to have like an infrastructure, like, uh, like, a like a offices of the club need to be like uh, to a certain standard and they need to have a cantera. They need to have a youth division system. So those are the three things that the teams in the second division have to have to go up to the first division. So what's happening now? What's happening now is that the two teams that are left that are going to play each other, the champion of the Clausura and the champion of the Apertura, are Tapachula and Alebrijes. And neither of them meet the three requirements. I'm not sure which ones they all need, but for, I, I think Alebrijes still needs like 3,000 more seats in the stadium, which is not that much. 3,000 more seats in the stadium. And Tapachula needs like uh, offices, and I don't think they have youth systems. So neither of them can qualify. You know, So they're going to play each other just for whatever the price is for winning the championship. But neither of them are certified to go up. Now, Lobos officially lost. So the Federation told Lobos, you have to pay pay 120 million pesos, which is the equivalent of $6 million and a little something. So Lobos has to come up with $6 million if they want to stay in the the first division. Lobos does not have the money. They're looking for investors to put the money in but they don't know if they're going to do it or not. So what's happening? If Lobos doesn't pay the money, next year, the Mexican League could only have 17 teams, which means that one team will be by every week, like the NFL does it. So that's a possibility right now. The other possibility is that one of the owners from the teams in the second division said that if they win the championship, there's no clear thing in the rules that they say that, for example, like Alebrijes that needs 3,000 more seats in their stadium, that there's no rules that they can't build the 3,000 seats after they win that championship. I don't know if that works. So, the, the but the, 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 the biggest thing right now or the most probable thing is that we're going to play with, Lobos is going to pay the 120 million pesos and they're going to play. The second most probable thing is that they're going to play with 17 teams. And then the third most probable thing, thing is that they're going to lay either Alebrijes or Tapachula build whatever infrastructure they need to build. But my red card goes to the Mexican Federation because this is a disaster. There's no other league in the world that has this, you know. It doesn't matter how big your stadium is. If you win the championship, they should let them play in the first division. They won it in the field. Lobos lost it in the field. It shouldn't be that if they pay some money, they get to stay. I think this is absurd, and it's bad for soccer. It's bad for Mexican soccer that wants to be like the big European leagues. It looks bad, so the Mexican Federation gets my red card there. All right, let's move real quick to the... That was the Mexican soccer thing. Let's move real quick to the MLS. I'll give you some of the results of the team. Chicago Fire tied on Saturday 2-2 with Toronto, who also played with a alternative team. Starting next week, Toronto can finally focus on the MLS. They're going to improve a lot. And um, Galaxy lost 3-2 against Red Bulls. Giovanni Santos scored a really nice goal, by the way, but they lost 3-2. LAFC um, 
one one zero LAFC. Carlos Vela's plays there. Still doing really good. So I'm glad because of that. Um, Toronto plays Philadelphia next week. The Red Bulls play NYCFC uh, next week. Um, Chicago Fire plays Atlanta United on Saturday. The Galaxy play Houston Dynamo on Saturday, and the LAFC has at Dallas on Saturday. So that's what's going on with the MLS in the Eastern Conference. First place, NYCFC with 20 points. Atlanta United, second place with 19 points. Orlando City, third place with 16 points. New England, fourth place with 14 points. Columbus, fifth place with 14 points. The Red Bulls are in sixth place with 12 points. And those will be the ones that qualify to the playoffs if the league were to end now. And seventh place, Chicago Fire. They're now in seventh place. So they're getting better. We only got eight points, though. Philadelphia in eighth with eight points. Montreal Impact in 9th with 6 points, DC United in 10th with 5 points, and Toronto FC in 11th with 4 points. Toronto FC, like I said, is going to improve. I bet you Toronto ends up making the playoffs. And that was in the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, Sporting KC in 1st place with 17 points. LAFC, the new team, is in 2nd place with 15 points. Good for them. Vancouver is in 3rd place with 13. FC Dallas is in 4th with 12 the Galaxy with Slatan and Giovanni and Jonathan is in 5th place with 10. Real South Lexus in 6th with 10. That would be the playoff teams right now. Minnesota United is in 7th with 9. Houston Dynamos in 8th with 8. Colorado's in 9th with 8. Portland Timbers in 10th with 8. San Jose's in 11th with 5. And Seattle Sounders, who used to have really good teams, is in 12th with 4. I wonder what happened to Seattle, man. But that's what's going on with the MLS. And before we move to the World Cup, I just want to give you the list of the Argentinian League. I'm not going to talk about the games because... It's almost over. Boca Juniors still in first place with 53. They're only up by three points against Godoy Cruz, who has 50. But they have one game left. So, Boca Juniors has three more games. Most of the teams have two more games. So, Boca Juniors going to be champions in the... Looks like they're going to be champions in the Argentinian League. Um, all, the, all the important teams. Um, San Lorenzo's in third um, with 47. Talleres de Córdoba, who are the same owners as Pachucas in sixth with 44. Independientes in fifth with 45. Argentino Juniors in 9th with 40. River Plate in 12th with 38. Um, Estudiantes in 14th with 35. Vélez is in 17th with 31. Rosario Central, which is Messi's home team, I think. Uh, no, Messi's news, my bad. News in 22nd, by the way, with 24. Rosario Central was 18th with 31. And then those are basically the important teams in Argentina, so that's what's going on. And all right, well, that's been uh, the week of... April 30th, and now we're going to get into the World Cup 1962. So let's get into that World Cup right away. Um, so the last two World Cups have been in Switzerland and Sweden, respectively, 54 and 58. So the South American teams and American teams, um, they threatened to boycott if they didn't make this next World Cup in South America. So they did. So they gave the World Cup to Chile. And so Argentina wanted to host it too, but Chile beat them for the bid. So that's what's going on in Chile. Now, so something that happened in Chile that a lot of people don't know is um the greatest earthquake ever recorded in the history of... I mean, I don't know when earthquakes started getting recorded, but I'm not an earthquake expert. But the greatest earthquake recorded in human history since they started recording earthquakes happened two years before the World Cup in Chile, 9.5 magnitude. So everything was destroyed. So they had to rebuild everything in the last two years. But they went along with the World Cup anyways in Chile. Um, they had Brazil qualified as the champion 1958 World Cup and Chile qualified as the host nations. They have 14 teams left. Um, they had eight spots for um, Europe direct spots and um, and they had um, two 
extra spots for Europe to play like the repechajes, we'll call them playoffs, to play playoffs. Um, Comebol had um, three spots for Comebol and then one extra for a playoff. Africa and Asia each had one team for the playoffs and um, the North America also had one for the playoffs. So it was eight teams in Europe qualified plus the two teams that qualified, 10, Brazil and Chile, and three for uh, South America. So that was 13 teams. And then in the playoffs, the two European teams beat the African team and Asian teams. So there was no African teams and Asian teams in this World Cup. They made it. That's 14 and 15. And the last playoff was Paraguay, South American team, against the North American team, which was Mexico. And Mexico won. So Mexico made it to the World Cup. So the World Cup was, in total, it was five teams from South America, ten teams from Europe, and one team from North America, which was Mexico. So that's what um, is going on in the the teams that qualified for um, the World Cup. Um, on the format, now there's no more playoff games when teams tie in points now. Now they use goal average. Remember, there used to be playoff games if the two teams tied in the group stage now they just go by goal average um same thing as before four groups four teams two points per win one point per tie and then the two best teams make it to the next round um Yeah, that's what's going on yeah I'm, I'm sorry I got a I got a message at this time I was reading that shit but it's not important um and if two teams tied in the like in the playoff games, like in the in the quarterfinals and semifinals, there were gonna be extra time, and then there was gonna be if they tied after extra time instead of penalties, they still weren't doing penalties at the time. <coughs> they would just draw lots to see which which team qualified. So this this World Cup was still very unfair, but they didn't. Uh, um, they didn't have to resort to that at the end. They. No, no, none of the games went to extra time stuff like that, and then only the final, if it was tied after extra time, would they play another game? But they didn't need, need that anyways. Um, so yeah, so that that was the setting for the World Cup in um in Chile. So l- let's start with the groups, right? Um, with the groups, let's go with um Group One was um Soviet Union, who was the European champions at the time, Yugoslavia. Uruguay, who was a Copa America champion at the time, and Colombia. So Soviet Union goes Yugoslavia, Uruguay, and Colombia. Uruguay beat Colombia 2-1 the first game. The Soviet Union beat Yugoslavia 2-0. Then Yugoslavia beat Uruguay 3-1. The Soviet Union and Colombia tied 4-4. Then the Soviet Union ended up beating Uruguay 2-1. And Yugoslavia ended up... um, Killing Colombia 5-0. So, Soviet Union qualified in first place with five points. Yugoslavia in second place with four points. And then Uruguay with two and Colombia with one were eliminated. So, that was um, group one. Group two was West Germany, Chile, Italy, and Switzerland. Chile, who was at home, they weren't expected to qualify, though, because um, they they didn't have a good soccer team. Uh, Italy and West Germany were the favorites. Italy, of course, had like three, four Argentinians, um, again, that played in the Copa America for Argentina in 1957. And then when they saw them in that Copa America, they took them to Italy. And so they have a, so, so they had a couple of um, Argentinians. And Chile beat Switzerland 3 1 the first game. West Germany and Italy tie 0 0. And then Chile played Italy in a game that is known as the Battle of Santiago because it was really rough. 
Now, I saw the highlights of this game, um, and it was uh, mainly the Italian players who were hitting really bad. The two Italian players ended up with red cards, and the Chilean players were hit back after they were hit, though. Like, the Italian players, like, they didn't know care where the ball was going. They were, they were strictly going straight for the Chilean players, and sometimes the Chilean players would fight back. But it was the Italian players that started everything, and one of the Chilean players, like stole off Argentinian player right in the face and told him because he was a traitor to his country playing for Italy and that's what happened but Chile ended up winning that game 2-0 it's still known as the Battle of Santiago one of the most memorable games in that and then Chile beat Italy 2-0 was Germany ended up beating Switzerland 2-1 was Germany beat Chile 2-0 was Germany then uh, then Italy beat Switzerland 3-0 but it was um West Germany made it in first place with five points. Chile made it in second place with four points. Italy eliminated with three points. And Switzerland made zero points in group two. Group three was Brazil, Czechoslovakia, Mexico against the group with Brazil and Spain. Um, so the first game was Mexico against Brazil. Um, goals by Sagalo and by Pelé beat Mexico 2-0. Um, Czechoslovakia beat uh, Spain 1-0. And then Brazil played Czechoslovakia, and that game was 0-0. Also, this is the second game of Brazil in the World Cup, and Pelé got injured in this game. And Pelé did not play the rest of this World Cup. So uh, people always say Pelé won three World Cups, and yes, he technically won three World Cups because he was part of this team. He played the first game against Mexico. He scored a really good goal against Mexico, by the way. If you ever had a chance to look it up, look it up. Pelé's goal against Mexico in the World Cup. He dribbled like three, four Mexicans. And Pelé got injured in this or oh, he was the best player in the world at the time he had just won i think the copa libertadores with um with santos at that time he was the best player in the world and he was out so a lot of the brazilians thought that brazil had a was not going to win the world cup anymore because they lost their best player but th- this team is almost the same as as the i think it was almost the same as the 1958 World Cup team that won the championship. So they had a really good team regardless. At that time, you could call 22 players, and 13 of the players were the same. But I think like eight or nine of the starters were the same. So this was basically the same team that won the World Cup four years before. And when Pelé was out, Garrincha stepped up. So Garrincha actually ended up having the best, like being the best player of this World Cup. But Pelé was injured out for the rest of the tournament. And then Spain beat Mexico 1-0. And I know this game because I know about Mexican soccer history. And um, so it was 0-0. It was um, the goal of Spain came in minute 90 when Mexico was about to score a goal. They missed. And in the counterattack, Spain scored a goal in minute 90. And this is the goal where Antonio Carvajal, who is also not related to me, but also has the same last name, um, by the way, he was in his fourth World Cup at this point. Where Antonio Carvajal started crying at the end of the game because he thought they were gonna tie zero zero, and I think it was his birthday or something like that. And they actually they ended up losing in minute ninety, and Mexico lost this game. And Antonio Carvajal started crying. I'll never forget that. I saw that as a while back. I saw it in the documentary. And then in the last game, um, Brazil the the last game of the groups. I mean, Brazil again now without um without Pele beat Spain two one. And Mexico actually ended up winning their first game ever. They beat um, Czechoslovakia 3-1 in the next game. So Mexico won- finally wins the game in the World Cup. Good for Mexico. We're starting to get better at this World Cup thing. Uh, but Brazil ended up in first place with five points. Czechoslovakia in second place with three points. Mexico still eliminated with two points. And Spain eliminated <coughs> also with two points. 
And then the final group was Hungary, England, Argentina, and Bulgaria. Um, Argentina beat Bulgaria 1-0. Hungary beat England 2-1. England beat Argentina 3-1. Hungary beat Bulgaria 6-1. And then Hungary and Argentina tied 0-0. And England and Bulgaria tied 0-0. So this was the first that the average, the first time that the average was used. Um, Because... So Hungary was first place with five points. England and Argentina both did three points and they tied. But England has scored four goals. Argentina only scored two. So England's average was 1.33 per game. And Argentina's average was 0.67. So England made it to the next round. Argentina was out. And Bulgaria was also out with one point. So those were the group stage. And now we move to the quarterfinals. The first quarterfinal was the Soviet Union against Chile. Everybody thought the Soviet Union had a strong team. It was uh, they had the best goalie in the world at that time. Um, he's the he, he, he's the guy that um, the the goalkeeping award is named after today. What's his name? Uh, let me Google his name real quick. Um, Leb Yashin. That, that's his name. So right now, when when a player wins the goalkeeper or the the best goalkeeper of the world, he wins the Lev Yashin. Um, the he, he wins the Lev Yashin Trophy. So he was still goalie of Russia at that point, or the Soviet Union. There was no Russia. That it was called the Soviet Union. But um, it didn't matter. Chile surprised everyone, and Chile. Chile won 2-1, and they eliminated the European champions. The other semifinal was Czechoslovakia against Hungary. Czechoslovakia ended up beating Hungary 1-0. And then um, Brazil played England in the quarterfinals. Garrincha scored two goals. Baba scored another. England scored one. It was 3-1. So Brazil ended up beating England 3-1 to make it to the semifinals. And then Yugoslavia against West Germany. Yugoslavia beat West Germany 1-0. So those, those those were the quarterfinals that we move into the semifinals. The, the thing about the semifinals was that the Brazil match against Chile was supposed to be played in Viña del Mar, which was a small stadium, like 6,000 people. And in Santiago, Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia were supposed to play in front of 75,000 people. But what, what happened was that they didn't expect Chile to qualify to the semifinals. So at the last moment, they had to switch stadiums. And they put Chile in Santiago with 75,000 people. And they put Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia with 6,000 people at the end. People, the Chileans at Viña del Mar were super max. A lot of them already had tickets. and But that's the way it was. And Czechoslovakia ended up beating Yugoslavia 3-1. So Czechoslovakia made it to their second World Cup final. They also made it to the World Cup final in 1934 against um, Italy, the one they lost. And then Brazil and Chile was a tough game. Brazil ended up winning by two goals where Garrincha also scored another two goals and the thing about this game is that this is something I just found out I never knew this I just found out this like last week Garrincha actually got a red card in this game which means that technically he should have not been allowed to play in the final but Brazil paid some money and they let him play so a lot of People from a lot of different countries, especially in South America, have always argued that FIFA has always kind of helped Brazil to win World Cup and kind of like the Real Madrid of international football. But also, they also accept that Brazil has historically had the best players in the world, and they have. 
But they also have received some help. So Garrincha got a red card in this game, but he was still allowed to play the final. Brazil beat Chile 4-2. Chile won 1-0 against Yugoslavia for third place. So Chile had an amazing World Cup. They haven't had a World Cup that good since. They won 1-0. Good for Chile. And then in the final, um, Czechoslovakia scored first. And then Amarildo tied. And Cito tied. And Baba tied. Um, passes from Garrincha. And Brazil ended up winning the final 3-1. And that's how Brazil won their second World Cup. This was um one of the World Cups where not a lot of goals were made by people. Like There was not one player that won that scored the most goals. It was... Six different players that scored four goals. Two Brazilians, Garrincha and Baba, a Chilean named Lionel Sanchez, a Hungarian named Florian Albert, a player from the Soviet Union named Valentin Ivanov, and a Yugoslavian named Drazan Jerkovic. So none of, nobody really won the golden boot. The golden ball was given to Garrincha. Um, he was the best player of the tournament. Again, Pelé did not play after the second game. And a lot of people that saw this World Cup where people that say that say that only Maradona in 1986 played better than Garrincha did in 1962. So a lot of people say that this is like the second best performance by a, by a soccer player. And in Brazil, there's a lot of people who believe that Garrincha is the greatest player of all time. Usually when we argue about it, we argue about um, Maradona or Pelé. But in Brazil, they argue Pelé or Garrincha. Obviously, they don't like Argentinians that much, so they don't give Argentinians that much credit. But yeah, so... Um, that was the 1962 World Cup. Um, next week, we'll look into the 1966 World Cup in England. So the World Cup returns to the country that invented soccer in England. That was one of the most controversial finals in the in the history of soccer. I still think it's the most controversial game in the history of soccer just because it was a World Cup final. But we'll get into that next week. Thank you for listening. We'll be back after this break. Hi, this is Alex Saganikos from Bad Shotty, where we roast all the favorite fantasy characters that you can even imagine. Very uh, fan-driven. You can email us at realbadshorty at gmail.com, and we will roast anything and everything that you want us to roast. You just send them in and make sure they're not real, and we will give them the old good ha-ha. <laughs> all right? Here on the Just Your Radio Network. Thank you. All right, everyone, we're back. Um, so let me um, plug my shows. I only have one show this week, which is May 4th, and it's at 10 p.m. at the Laugh Factory. It's actually a show. It's going to be in Spanish. It's only the second stand-up show ever at the Laugh Factory in Spanish. I was part of the first one also in January, so the first one went really well. They gave us a Sunday night. Um because they usually when they do a show they start off like at the non-busy days which is like Sunday but the, the show did so well they actually gave us a chance to do one of the busy days which is Friday so hopefully we get filled up their expectations filled up the room so if you know anybody that speaks Spanish that enjoys comedy have them go to the show on Friday at 10pm is 4th of May is for the Cinco de Mayo that weekend um, yeah so we're having that show in Spanish at 10pm at the Laugh Factory other than that yeah man watch um, the games that are like I said La Liguillas this week it should be interesting. It looks like an interesting Liguilla. There's no clear favorite. My clear, my favorite is Monterrey. That's because if, you ha- if I had to pick a team, but there's no clear favorite. Champions League tomorrow. Champions League Wednesday. A Clásico. Oh, I didn't even get to talk about Clásico for real. I forgot about that. Let's do this right now. And then uh, we're going to extend that episode. Because I, for- I forgot it was this weekend. Clásico. 
I think it's gonna be uh, I don't know. Since it doesn't matter for the league anymore, and Real Madrid is gonna have to play tomorrow their best game. Some of the, they might rotate some players. Just if they lose, they can use an excuse. And Barcelona also the same thing. Um, but I think Cristiano and Messi are both gonna want to win. I definitely think um, they're both in a good shot. So if I had to choose right now, I'm gonna go with a tie. I'm gonna go with a tie, and I'm gonna go Cristiano and Messi both score some good goals, and both of them have good games. That's my prediction for Clásico. You can watch the Clásico too, and like I always say, um, que viva el fútbol, and keep watching soccer, and I'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>